Welcome to Courageous Leadership with Travis Yates, where leaders find the insights, advice, and encouragement they need to lead courageously. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us. And I have just returned from a week of training in Sholo, Arizona. You could probably tell that my voice is about gone because I was on stage for much of the week and we were getting after it. And I always come back from these uh, trips kind of on a high, right? I, you know, it's very exciting to meet so many men and women behind the badge that believe in the principles that we talk about here at Courageous Police Leadership. And it's just really exciting to see. And, and typically this is how it goes is I'll return from a trip and I'm, I've kind of had this emotional high for a few weeks and then you know, I don't get to talk to a lot of people and I get to thinking again, this is just about, it's just me and nobody else. Why is this going crazy? And I come here and I record a few podcasts about the crazy stuff going on. And then I get to hear from many of you. And I know I'm not the only one. And then some of you I get to go train with and train for, and I'm back excited again. And uh, it certainly was a blessing. I have to think the Sholo Police Department and all the area chiefs, a lot of the agencies there in the area sponsored this training. Uh, there was a college there. I don't remember the name of it. They, they let us uh, come to the campus, and we were there uh, two days, two full days last week. And uh, Jeff Dawkins, who is uh, an associate with our Courageous Police Leadership Alliance, uh, he was out of Phoenix, so he picked me up at the airport. We drove down to Sholo, which is about a three-hour trip. It started off like it was kind of warm, and then by the time I got there, it was freezing cold and snow on the ground, so it was definitely interesting. And uh, we spent a few days together, and in fact, day two, Jeff got up on the stage and just rocked it out, uh, talking about our integrity principle. I was really proud of him, and it was just a good time, and it was just a great group of people. And I was particularly impressed. Uh, first off, Sergeant Richard Rosales really, I think, was the push for this. Uh, Richard had been in my class several years ago, and I think he'd been trying for some time to get us to his area. He finally did it. Congratulations to him. He made all that happen with a lot of support, of course. And, of course, the police chief there that not only got behind the training but sent every single police officer to it, dispatchers, civilians, you name it. And, folks, that's pretty rare. Only a handful of agencies have done that. It takes a lot of resources to do that. It takes a lot of commitment to do that. There were a few folks that were kind of on duty, and they'd step in class till they got a call, and they went to the call. It was just really exciting to see. But one of the things that I was most impressed with was the 19-year-old cadet that was in class. Now, if you're listening to this and you were in class, you're going to understand the joke, but this is why I'm telling the rest of the audience this. You see, we sort of have this hierarchical system in law enforcement, if we're honest, like you don't get to go to the special unit until you have so many years on. If you're a rookie, we don't want to hear your opinion. Then maybe you take your shirt to the dry cleaners, you sew some stripes on it because you had a good day in front of the interview panel, and all of a sudden you get to go to certain calls and you don't have to do certain reports, and then maybe one day you become lieutenant or captain, you're in that illustrious middle management group, and you get to see behind the curtain and you get to make big decisions while you maybe you're not always doing the actual work and then one day maybe you're a police chief sheriff or somebody else and man you're really special we're going to make sure that you have the nice cars the good equipment the big giant office because we have earned it and what i loved about arizona was they broke that mode folks they had 
the 19-year-old cadet in the class, and they had the police chief in the class, and everybody in between. You see, that's what leadership is. Like, leadership isn't about segregating our ranks and this class for this, and you need to know this, and this, other, this, this class, this part's a secret, nobody else can know this. No, no, Le- leadership. Now, that may be for management. I've been to some pretty good management schools, management for sergeants, and then you become a middle manager, you go to this management school, but that's not leadership. What I loved about what I loved about what they did in Sholo was they understood that leadership's for everybody. And until leadership is for everybody, until our culture grasps this, we can never hold each other accountable. So if you're if your captains and above are going to the, to the school, but nobody else is, then how are they being held accountable to adhering to the principles that are talked about in the school? And so what I loved about this training was, of course, I kind of demand it when I go teach this. Like, I, like I, I see this a lot. I was up in Missouri a few years ago. And I said, he was coming to class. Oh, I'm sending my captains in above. And I says, no, no you're, I want you to send representations for every rank. And, of course, the, typically is, well, why is that? And I have to explain this to him. And I don't blame the chiefs for that. That's our culture, right? We, we've built a culture of that where it's us versus them inside of our own police departments. But I would ask all of you listening to this, how's that working for us? Like, look around. How's it working? I don't think it's working very well, if we're honest about it. And so I, I subscribe to a completely different philosophy. The leadership, courageous leadership, is for everybody. Because if it was for everybody and we all embrace that, then we'd have a leader on every call, in every city, in every community, everywhere. We'd quit calling our sergeants on a call and go, hey, Sarge, I wanted to just let you know what's going on so the sergeant can make us feel better about our own decision, right? Where we could just make the decision as great leaders and not having to call. And so that goes against really the mindset and the mantra that law enforcement has been. And Sholo really knocked it out of the park by showing me that because you know, frankly, they could have just brought in a couple of officers and a couple of sergeants and called it good, and I probably wouldn't have said anything about it. But the fact that that entire room was full, in fact, half the room wasn't even of the supervisor rank. Half of the room were, you would say, line officers or dispatchers or civilians. The other half was supervisor rank. So I loved it, and I think I'm hoping that they enjoyed it as well. Several years ago, probably more than several years ago, uh, at my department, we never really had a, a kind of a leadership program or anything everybody went to. And we all got pretty excited because a new chief had hit town and decided to bring a national leadership program in. It was the first and only time since, I think, that I am familiar with it. So it was kind of a big deal for everybody. It was a 40-hour school. And I'm not going to tell you the school, but you can take whatever acronyms that are out there running around doing this, and you can just decide for yourself which one it was. And the training was set for captains and above. And I was a captain at the time, and I was in the secret club. I got to go to this special training, right? And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, frankly, I didn't think much of it. I thought, okay, you know, let's go to this, see what this is like. And I'm there on Monday morning, pretty eager and excited to see what's going to go on. I was interested in leadership, never really been exposed to it. I mean, I've been to the National Academy. I've been to a lot of other programs. But, you know, this was a... Uh, a high-profile one that I'd heard about. Many, many of you probably have heard about it just listening to this. And I'm in the room before 8 o'clock, before it starts to begin, and the training sergeant at the academy was kind of running around, staying busy. Uh, he was, uh, you know, getting, there was like two or three different big, giant binders that everybody had to get, and he was making sure the chairs were good, making sure the instructors didn't need anything. And he had kind of made this happen. You know, they had assigned it to him to coordinate the training. 
and he had spent quite a lot of time on it. Spent they spent a lot of money on it, uh, a whole lot. You'd probably like, like the cost of a Honda Accord type money uh, now, not then. And uh, and so I was kind of you know this this was a good guy, great reputation, hardworking training sergeant at the time at the academy, and the class is about to begin, and he kind of comes in and he sets right in front of me. Just sets down in class and he's got the books there. I don't think much of it. And immediately, immediately, I'm going to say one of the chiefs. I'm trying to, uh, I guess, keep from being out of internal affairs next week. One of the chiefs turned around and said, what are you doing here? Just in front of everybody, in front of the instructors, in front of everybody in the room. He goes, what are you doing here? There's probably 25 of us there. And he says, well, I, you know, I coordinated the class. I got the class together and my supervisors who were actually in the class by the way my supervisors you know said i could come to the class he says no this is for captains above you got to leave in front of everybody and literally like you could have dropped a pin in that room when that happened and he literally gathers his belongings walks out of the class and then we turn to the instructors like okay it's time to learn leadership for the week <laughs> nobody said anything right i'm ashamed i didn't say anything I didn't really know the backstory then. Like, I didn't really know what was happening. Uh, once I found out, I was, of course, just appalled. But, you know, if I, I don't necessarily believe in regrets, but, man, if I got a big one, I should have walked out with him, right? I didn't. I mean, I, like I said, I, I just, at the time, I just didn't. And nobody did. In fact, his own bosses were in the room. They didn't even say a word. They had given him permission to be there. They knew how much he, hard he worked. They just didn't say a word, and the instructors didn't say a word. And it kind of set the tone for the week. Uh, that's an understatement, right? Because that begins at the first of class. And now we're going to go to this 40-hour school and learn how to be leaders. <laughs> and, so, and so, obviously, um, there could have been a more subtle approach to what transpired. But it was wrong. You know, it's the, it's the exact opposite of leadership. And with that said, that's common, if we're honest. Like, we let certain people go to certain schools because they're certain people of certain authority. Or you finally make sergeant, now you get to go to the sergeant's meeting. Or, oh, now you're a commander, you get to go to the staff meeting now. And uh, it's interesting. And uh, to say that the actions I saw from that chief and others were cowardly, including myself, was an understatement, right? Well-respected supervisor, he worked hard to make the day happen. He was utterly humiliated. For no good reason other than he was not in the special management club. No one spoke up. No one came to his defense. And frankly, if I'm assuming, most probably agree with the decision because that is what we have been traditionally in law enforcement. See, law enforcement continues to separate our profession by ranks in some real sick and twisted fashion as some are better than others or some have earned the right to go to certain training while others haven't been admitted into the club and they're just standing outside looking in. Just this week in Arizona, I was speaking to a gentleman and I heard a very similar story. He had applied and been accepted into a leadership school. This was a popular one. You probably heard of it. Heck, if you go to social media, everyone's probably posting about it. They have separate schools for separate ranks, right? And he'd been approved to go to a middle manager manager 40-hour school and the day before he was a sergeant and the day before he was he was told you can't go and they replaced him with the lieutenant because the lieutenant had the right rank 
to go to the class. And to say this guy was not happy was an understatement, right? Of course he wasn't happy. I mean, what does that make you feel like? It makes you feel like it's us versus them. It makes you feel like they're better than me just because they have some silly bars on their car. It's ludicrous, folks. It really is. And, you know, and, and we placate to this. And I don't blame them because this is who we are, but there's no shortage of leadership training in law enforcement, right? It only takes about a second on social media to see the next round of proud graduates discussing their latest achievement from a host of multi-day leadership seminars that are marketed to us based on rank. And I don't blame them for doing that. We're just the dummies that do it. They're marketing it based on us because that's a smart business thing to do. Why teach one leadership class? Because everyone's a leader. I actually, in fact, I went to a, I should just say it, but I'm not. You can call me, I'll let you know. I went to a very popular acronym leadership website yesterday. And it, right on the front page, it says, this one's for sergeants. This one's for middle management. This one's for executives. And then the tagline of the leadership school was everyone's a leader. Is that not hilarious? Like, hey, our tagline, everyone's a leader. But you really aren't allowed to go to this certain school until you, go, until you, you make this certain rank. Folks, um, despite all the leadership resources out there, all the trainings, all the fancy memes our profession has had, it's more in history. We really are spiraling down a cliff of total destruction, if we're honest. We can have our head in the sand and say everything's great. And maybe your agency is, but I think as a profession, we have issues. That's what we're trying to do here at Courageous Police Leadership is try to convince people that this all has to do with leadership. And it's not by rank. It's not by segregation. It's not some special club you get in. Let's make everybody a leader. Look at, what, look at the position we're in right now. Crime's up. Retention is down. The only thing lower than recruitment's morale, right? And if we aren't careful, law enforcement, as we have known it for decades, will be nothing more than some weird social workers in uniform that arrive well after a crime and fill out a report and go back to the station, right? And we can blame the politicians and the activists and the defund the police movement, all that nonsense that we know of. But that's not who really deserves the blame. We deserve the blame and it started in that classroom I told you about many years ago and beyond and while I have no doubt that agencies and all the accompanying leadership training out there they mean well of course they do I, would, I, I love it that they're doing it but the segregation of leaders from followers and by the way followers are nothing more than your current or future leaders folks that's a recipe for mediocrity and we're living it right now and as long as we keep buying into this nonsense business of leadership, you know, that we're going to separate people and you, you can't go to this class until this class. And we have all these special, you know, clubs for people and special meetings for special this and that. It's not going to get any better. And listen, I know what you're thinking. But Travis, I mean, they have different responsibilities. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. But leadership's leadership, and leadership helps all those responsibilities. Let's not separate the two. I, this is not management I'm talking about. Certainly send your middle managers to a management school to help them shuffle their paperwork. Certainly send your sergeants to a supervisor school to help them do complaints and, and evaluations. But quit send separating people if you want to teach leadership. Look at the U.S. military. There's no one listening out there that used to be in the military that didn't learn leadership day one with everybody else. 
They start at day one. They don't care who's in a room, and they continue it. Businesses are the same way. It's all about leadership at every level together. I'm over a committee, and it's one of these committees that people like to be involved in. A lot of higher ranks are in the committee. I'm running the committee, but there's a lot of higher ranks in the committee. There's, every rank is represented, but it's one of these committees, and you probably know what I'm talking about, where the people that are on the committee are always talking about the committee. Like, what are they doing back there? What's going on? Like, what decisions are they going to make that's going to affect me? And so I told everybody at the first meeting, I said, listen, everybody's welcome here. And one of the commanders like, what do you mean by that? I said, listen, we have nothing to hide. I mean, obviously, we have committee members that vote, but anybody can come into this room and to sit down. They can even get on the agenda if they like, but they can't vote because committee members vote. But we are not hiding this from anybody. If you have anybody out there would like to attend, they can attend. And I got some funny looks that day, and I got some phone calls during that next week, and people that were just like, Travis, what do you mean? What do you mean anyone can attend? And I said, well, anyone can attend. No, I don't understand this. You know, and listen, I'm not blaming them. They're confused because this is what we do. I'm on the committee and you're not, right? I'm the lieutenant and I get the big office. I'm the chief. I get the fancy car with the spinning wheels. I'm this and you're not. And we wonder why mediocrity is seeping through every core of our profession. I asked the class in Arizona, and this is a good area of law enforcement, good people there. How many here know somebody that intended to stay in this career until their pension and serve their community, but they have cut it short because of the mediocrity around us, and half of that class raised their hand? Do you believe it? Do you see what we're doing to our profession? And it's all about leadership, folks. And I believe this is a huge problem for it. While many leadership gurus out there supposedly will preach to you that everyone's a leader, it has always been ironic to me that not everyone's welcome in the training, right? And we're missing this huge key component in leadership. The very second we separate ourselves in this profession, Ego takes over. It just does. We play this us versus them with gang. It's us versus them within our own agencies. And we wonder why the same thing has happened in our community. If we're treating our own people like this, how do you think they're going to treat the community? And so we have to stop this. For almost 10 years, I've seen the power in breaking down this ridiculous notion that we should be treating law enforcement professionals differently based on the stripes on their arm or the brass on their collar. When I have all the ranks in the classroom, not only do leaders get vital feedback from followers, but followers know exactly what they should expect from leaders. You see, it's easy to say you agree with the principles of courageous police leadership, but it becomes next level when everybody around you knows what they are and holds you accountable for them. Do we have the guts to do this in this profession? Do like, like this school I talked about early on that I got to go to, they gave us all a little coin, had all these fancy words on it, right? We were told to coin each other if we weren't doing it right. Well, that was captains and above. What if every officer on the department knew that? 
and held you accountable. That's what leadership is, folks. I'm not naive here. I know this approach that I'm talking about will not send me on the road 150 days a year teaching leadership. That's not where the money is. I can't teach a class and then upsell you to the next level class. The secret club course, you know, go, go, go see what all the chiefs and majors are learning. And then ultimately you take all courses and you get a fancy plaque for your wall. You can go post it on LinkedIn and be all proud of it. Listen, I get all that stuff. I get it. That's the business of it. But I'm not about the business of it. If you've been, if you heard me in class, you know this. I'm not about the business of it. I want to change things. I need you to help me do that. Nothing changes without a bold approach to what everyone thought they knew. I am placing the stake in the ground right now, folks. I will not teach another leadership class where I don't have all ranks represented. In fact, that's kind of a lie. I've been that way for a long time. I've, I've, wanted, I've had rank, all ranks in classes regardless. Because I see the power in it. I see what that does. What if we could emulate that in our own agencies? What if your first day officers felt comfortable to tell you their ideas? What if the two-year officer that has a background in marketing, you felt comfortable to go, can you help me with the website or help me with our marketing here? Do you understand what I'm saying here? Instead of, oh, you're not a sergeant yet, you can't be in that committee. Or you're not a captain yet, you can't chair this or that or get that. Shut up, man. What are we doing to ourselves? Real leadership goes from the head to the heart to the feet. We are stuck in head leadership right now. Right now. We're stuck in it, man. We're putting all this information in our head from all these fancy schools and all these fancy books and all these fancy degrees. And trust me, I know I've done all that crap. It isn't good for anything if it stays in your head. It's got to go to your heart. You've got to believe it. And once you believe it, it goes to your feet and you've got to walk it out. You have to walk it out. You have to live it each and every day or nothing's going to change. And if you've been paying attention, nothing's changing. I don't care what your resume says. I don't care that what you're doing could get you to the next rank. If our profession does not start getting serious about this leadership philosophy for everyone, regardless of rank, we are certain to remain stagnant where we are today for a very, very long time. I need you to be willing to think about this. I understand when I say this because I see the looks on people's faces. This shocks some people. This is not who we are. But leadership is about empowering others, making others important, bringing other people in, get the greatest ideas there regardless of rank. Folks, I've seen the power personally. If you come to the seminar, I talk about these examples of what happens when you break this silo down of us versus them. You put everybody in the room. You get the greatest product you can ever imagine. Do you think that's what the companies do? Of course it is. Of course it's what the private industry does. They have to because if they're not cutting edge, they're out of business. If we're mediocre, we still get paid, Right? Nobody gets mad at us. We don't try to change anything. We just leave it the same. Why do we do it this way? Because we always do it this way. Folks, it's time to change. I'm committed to this. And I've heard from many of you, and you are as well. So I would just ask you to think about this in a different way. Try it yourself. Try it yourself. There's a, uh, I talked to the Springfield, Missouri chief recently, Paul Williams, one of the best chiefs I know. And he just launched this program to where he has a sort of a 
I'm going to probably butcher the name of it, so I won't even try to tell you. But you know, the the decisions that are not paramount, like the the middle sort of the the middle management, or maybe the decisions the chief makes, but the chief doesn't really care one way or the other. It's not it does it's not like completely vital. It's not a budget issue or something he has to be involved in. But all the other decisions, I'll give you an example. Maybe it's uh, you know a uniform policy, which that, that typically that doesn't involve the budget. Or things, or of course, a use of force policy would involve more than the. It's, it's more of a serious position. But many of the decisions he just sends to a committee, where all ranks represented, and they make the decision, and it's binding. He has given up power to the people in his department to make the department better. And you know what they do? They raise their hand and say, "Yeah, we want to be a part of that." That's what leadership is, folks. Everybody in your agency is a leader, but are you treating them that way? Do they feel that way? Because if they don't feel that way, they're not going to act that way. They're going to keep calling you for every little thing to cover their rear end. That's what we do. We call that CYA. We, we do it so much, we have an acronym for it. And by the way, if you were paying attention, CYA does not mean cover your butt. I'll let you decide what it means. See, that's, that's, that's how much we do this. We have an acronym for it. Think about that. But what if we didn't have to CYA we were just leaders. We did what was right because it was right. Folks, this is transcending. This is how it's done. But it's going to take effort. It's going to think, take thinking differently. And when you do that, it's going to change everything you thought you knew about law enforcement. Until next time, lead on and stay courageous. Thank you for listening to Courageous Leadership with Travis Yates. We invite you to join other courageous leaders at travisyates.org.